This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Today, uh, in the spirit of the season where we are, I believe the Lord will help us to begin to listen to some things that can help us to make some shifts in the way we have lived our lives, particularly when we celebrate Christmas like this. You know, several years ago, I, I used to have a friend, a classmate of mine, and he had a young pastor who came to him very often to pray with him. This friend of mine was married to my wife's junior sister. Anyway, and uh, we had known this young man to be a pastor. But this day we went to the house as we sat in my friend's house. There was music playing on the television. And the pastor started rocking on the seat. For us, it wasn't Christian music. We listened to the music. We didn't like it. We didn't expect it to play. But what was surprising to us was the pastor enjoyed it. He didn't only enjoy it, he danced to the music. And uh, usually I am the one who would have teased him, but I, I withheld my, you know, curiosity that moment. And um, I said, well, maybe I didn't understand what this Christian work is all about. But my wife, who usually would be quiet, said to him, I thought you said you are pastor. He said, yes. He said, but this is reggae playing on the television. Why are you dancing to reggae? And pastors stopped. But you see, that is not all to it. Several years as well ago, some friends of mine undertook, you know, a prayer journey outside of Nigeria. They hired a greyhound bus. And the bus was taking them on the prayer journey. As they went on, the driver sped into a pothole. And the minister that led the prayer team yelled at the driver. And when he had finished, another minister asked him, Brother, by what spirit did you do this? By what anointing did you do this? And uh, he didn't have an answer, but that was sufficient reprimand. But for me as well, I have lived as a Christian for about 20 years or so now. And I find that there are some things we have learned in our Christian lives that do really ensnare us. And they leave problems for us, particularly in seasons of festivities like this. And uh, most times, you know, since particularly when I began to live in cities like this, I also find difficulty. You know, when, for instance, a Christian has a birthday party, you attend the party. And throughout the celebration, it is difficult to take out something that glorifies God. The name of Jesus is not mentioned. In most of them, I have not heard Christian music played. 
And I've come away wondering if that is what Christianity is become. But, you know, some years ago, in, in, in the same situation, we started saying to ourselves, what do we need to learn then in the seasons of festivity? That there are things we must learn that must give glory to he that made the heavens and the earth. And we began to teach ourselves on what we call the spirit of festivity. And I will take the very brief time we have yet this afternoon to share with us bits of what it is about the spirit of festivity. But before I get to it, let me say that what I do know that Satan is not original. Satan is always counterfeit. What Satan perfects in is to take what God has given the people of God, pervert it and present it as, you know, something similar to what God did, but not it. He did so in the Garden of Eden when he tempted Adam and Eve. So the Lord, when he led his people out of captivity in Egypt, and they came to the promised land, and it became needful that the people would celebrate the, the season of deliverance. And the Lord brought them together. And he said to them, Today I will ordain for you the feast. The feast that I will demand of you towards me, your deliverer, your God, maker of the heavens and the earth. So the Lord indeed is he that instituted feasts, festivities, festivals. And let us just look at scripture and see what the Lord said. Let's look at scripture. We will want to look at Deuteronomy chapter 12. I'll try to do it as briefly as I can be permitted by the Spirit of God to do. Because we do not have enough time. Praise the Lord. So I will read from Deuteronomy chapter 12. Chapter 12. Beginning at verse 1. Says, These are the statutes and judgments which ye shall observe to do in the land which the Lord God of thy fathers giveth thee to possess it all the days that ye live upon the earth. It is a statute forever. Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods, upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree. And ye shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars. And burn their groves with fire, and ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods, and destroy the names of them out of that place. Let me move to chapter, verse 11. It says, Then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. Thither shall ye bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings. And your sacrifices, your tithes, and the heave offerings, 
of your hand and all your choice vows which ye vow unto the Lord. And ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God, ye, ye and your sons and your daughters and your men servants and your maid servants and the Levites that is within your gates, for as much as he hath no part nor inheritance in you. Take heed to thyself that thou offer not thy bond offerings in every place that thou seest, but in the place which the Lord shall choose in one of thy tribes. There shalt thou offer the bond offerings, and there sh thou shalt do all that I command thee. Praise the Lord. The Lord begins to speak to his people. He said, I, will, I have brought you out of this place. I will ordain for you. I will name the place where you will offer sacrifices to me. You will not just offer the sacrifices to celebrate me, but you will do according to the patterns I will give you. Since there will be a place where the sacrifices will be offered. And because there will be a place, that would have to be the altar of the Most High God. Because there is an altar of the Most High God, not all of the children of God were then permitted to offer sacrifice as you and I are all permitted to do today. There were the priests who were ordained, called out of the 12 tribes to do so. So these are the ones that will offer the sacrifice. And we will look at it again, how it was that the Lord instructed them to do this which he had ordained. So let's look at Leviticus 23. Leviticus chapter 23, please. Leviticus 23. I will start from verse 1. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Says, These are my feasts. They will be unto my honor and to my glory. Says, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. And holy convocation, she shall do no work therein. It is the Shabbat of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. In the fourteenth day of the first month, at even is the Lord's Passover. And on the fifteenth day of the same month of the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord, even seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. The Lord goes on to begin to name the times. He names the times. He names the dates. He names the months. Particularly the month Abib, when the people came out of captivity. He begins to tell them that they will offer a feast unto him. And when we look at the feast, we know that it has got to be sacred. It must be sacred. The feasts have got particular tokens which which they are to be celebrated. The feast must be celebrated in a given place ordained of the Lord. But as we would have been able to look at it, we had the time to do, 
we will find out that now what man has done is we have perverted this. The Lord demanded of the children of Israel that they will even bring their first fruit offerings before him. Before whatsoever it was that the first fruit will be consumed by them. But what has Satan done to us? He has perverted all of that. We have New Year festivals, don't we? And the New Year festival is a celebration. The New Year's festival is done in a season. The season preceding the harvest. When it is believed that the crops have matured. And before the harvest, it is the priest that proclaims the New Year's festival. It is not everybody that performs this festival. As sacred as it is, it is the idol priest that performs the festival for and on behalf of the people. I don't know how many of us come from communities where New Year festivals are celebrated. Can I have a confirmation? Nobody. I see. And what I've said, is that correct? Okay. Now I tell you, I came from a family, a priestly lineage by my tradition. My extended family name is Ekwenyong. I have dropped that name since I knew Christ. Now that lineage is the lineage that proclaimed the planting season. They will make a proclamation and designate the farm area that is to be cropped in the year. And when they have proclaimed the community farms in that area that year, and in the season when the crops have matured for harvest, they proclaim the harvest. But before the harvest will be the festival, the season of festivity. Praise the Lord. And as I said, if we had time, I will show you from the scriptures well that the devil perverted what we were taught in primary school as uh, 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 when, you, when you rotate farming, shifting cultivation. That's what it was called. You know, you, you plant one area of farmland this year, you move out of there, maybe come back to it in the seventh year. That is what I knew in our traditional societies. God ordained it for his people that they will engage in that system and to celebrate him. But all of that is perverted. And because, again, we don't have time. If you went to Exodus 32, let's just look at that. It's a scripture we're very familiar with. We'll just run through it. Exodus 32 from verses 1 to 6. Let's see what festivity does. Very briefly. Exodus 32. From verse 1. It says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods. We shall go before us for us. For this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons and your daughters, and bring them unto me. 
And all the people break off the golden earrings which are in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And which and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of, out of the land of Egypt. Verse 5. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Verse 6 says, And they rose up early on the morrow, and offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink, and they rose up to play. You know, when you look at that scripture, ordinarily it describes to us what happened to the people of God. Aaron here was the priest called of the Lord because Moses needed a deputy and of course it was needful. And the priestly garments of Aaron were prescribed from heaven, designed for him. And when Moses didn't come down, it was Aaron now who fashioned molten calves for the people. Bible says he made a proclamation. But what there is, is he said, look, the people rose, they ate, they drank, and they went to play. You know, in the season of festivity, you will notice that we all let go. We drop our guards. We engage in so much of eating. We engage in so much of drinking. We become talkative. And for some of us, I, I wish we just had all men and women adults here. We engage in immoral things which ought not to be heard amongst us. Because you have, you have gone overboard. You have done the things which you ought not to do. You have been talkative. Virtue has leaked out of you. You can't restrain yourself. You do the things which you ought not to do. So the Bible said, the people here, they ate, they drank, and they rose up, they played, and they committed whoredom and all manner of things. And uh, when we see scripture teachers, we don't take it for granted to exclude ourselves. We are all adult men and women Christians. Just about a week ago, a friend of mine gave his daughter in marriage. He's a Christian man. Uh, when he was a Christian, I yet didn't know that there was something that it was called being born again. I thought it was just regular life. So he's been a Christian for at least 40 years. He gave his first daughter in marriage, and here is a guy who wouldn't sip a spoon of alcohol. And, uh, you know, we, he was served, people brought gifts to him. Some of them were alcoholic wine. And we had gone over to visit him, and he offered his guests some bottles of the alcoholic wine. And he also took some of it. By the time we left, my friend wasn't walking erect again. So, so this was just, in fact, what I used to tell him was, oh boy, you are not the one marrying, it's your daughter. 
your daughter is the one married. Why are you? So, but you see, it's a little bit of the kind of things that happen when people are in the spirit of festivity. You know, the Lord ordained the feast unto himself, but we have perverted festivities to give glory not to the Lord who made the heavens and the earth, but unto other gods. And when we sit at such places of, you know, festivities where God is not glorified, I'd like you to go to 1 Corinthians. Let's see what the Lord says. Let's go to 1 Corinthians at chapter 10. 1 Corinthians at chapter 10. Chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. And I will read from verse 13. It says, There had no temptation taken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. Verse 16. Watch that. The cup of blessing which you will bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break. Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Behold Israel after the flesh, and not there which eat of the sacrifices, partakers of the altar. I'll stop there. Did we, did we see that? It says, they that eat of the sacrifices are partakers of the altar. Very simple. Okay. Let's take one of the Edel festivals. The main sacrifice ram. If you went and bought ram or a cattle in those seasons, even out of the season, they insist they must pierce the throat of the ram or cattle. Is that correct? And they let the blood spill. They insist. They insist. They won't let you take it away. They pierce and let the blood spill. What they do is they are offering a sacrifice. But let's leave that. The ones who are our friends now insist they will bring the ram or the cat, whatever, they make sure they give you gifts. Most of us receive those gifts, don't we? And most of us eat those gifts, don't we? The Bible tells us from what we have read that you are partakers of the sacrifices made to the altar that is not the God of heaven. Since that's what the Bible is telling us. Say you are partaker of it. You know, and those of us who are lawyers, you know, simply say, look, my friend, you are an accomplice in idolatry. As long as you take it, you are just an accomplice in idolatry. You offend God as much as that heathen which you refer to has offended the Lord. 
So it says, the sacrifices of the altar, they are to the gods of that altar to which the sacrifices offered. Praise the Lord. So it goes on. So it says, Behold, Israel after the flesh are not there which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar. 19. What say I then that the idol is anything or that which, or that which is offered in sacrifice to idol is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, note verse 26, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. 21 says, ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than God? So the Bible begins to put these things in perspective to us. It says, look, my friends, you cannot be Christians. We declare communion service. You troop to upper room. You take the communion service. You come back and you do the things which they even do goes on and on and says, look, my friend, you are provoking the jealousy of God. And it begins to be rhetoric. He said, are you strong enough to withstand God? Are you stronger than God that you think you can provoke the Lord? Wouldn't you understand? So, what the Bible is beginning to teach us is, in seasons like this, as I said, you know, we, we have had very wonderful time here, just going through the sketchy details of it. The Bible is, for me, in a season like this, it should be the time where everything we do would be as unto the Lord. To give him glory, beginning with yourself. What I have learned in seasons like this is that I will stay out of trouble as I proclaim a fast unto myself. You know, you pray the Lord's prayer, not lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, and you take yourself to be tempted at every moment. You know, there's, in this city, there's a Christian who had an outstanding testimony. It was said that he was married for nearly 15 years or something and didn't have a child. And the Lord blessed them with children. They took the children to the... I think they had twins for a start. Took the twins to church. It was a huge celebration in their, in, their, in their congregation. And after that, he had a reception in this house. There was brandy, there was beer, there was stout, there was that. And for me, he invited me. And I took a friend of mine who is a Christian. I went... I will attend anyway. So we sat there... And uh, one of the things that happened is, he didn't play any Christian music. You know, this Congosa, Congosa, all over the place. <laughs> and I said, where is the Christianity in this celebration? So, the Christian life is in the church. So, there, is, there are two words for us, the secular and the spiritual. In the church, we are spiritual, out of the church, very secular. No, that is not your priesthood. 
That is not your priesthood. So he did this, and I just sat there with my friend. Of course, you know, I, I have grace. I pray in tongues a lot than I pray in my understanding. So Victor sat with me, and this woman kept coming around. Let's dance, let's dance, let's dance. And of course, I told the woman, I don't know how to dance. I'm too old to dance. So Victor got up and danced with her. When he finished and came back, I said, Victor, you see, this woman has evangelized you. You, who have been evangelized since we came here. <laughs> because, you see, because she's a priest of the devil. She has invited you. Have so you, who have been evangelized? He said, oh. <laughs> so, you see, so these are little things. We, we, we live in this world. We know how so easy it is to get to be tempted. It's, it's, it's so easy. So very easy. How you get tempted. So, because we don't have time, I, I, I want to recommend that. Look, in a season like this, let's be mindful. Do those things that will glorify God. Get time, stay in the presence of God. Begin to ask God to also to give you your own agenda for the next year. After all, the Bible says you are his royal priest. Each and every one of us says in Revelations 5 that he redeemed you and I, all of us, no exceptions, he redeemed all things. So let's begin to take time and also desire that we get the counsel of the Lord. You know, Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not unto men. Do as unto the Lord. You know, is it this celebration of Christmas? You, you ask yourself, how have you glorified the birth of Christ in your celebration? Unto who do you celebrate Christmas? It is the birth of Christ. If you read the prophecies of his birth, you want to say, where do I align with it? So, brethren, I, I, I believe just a little want to lighten up the beginning of this Christmas season. I think I would have started by wishing all of us a very Merry Christmas. <laughs> but it's better that I'm doing so at the end. <laughs> you know, so, so we, we will begin to walk a little more circumspectly, you know, choose where we go to. If we are having parties, I thank God today that Christian, Christians now produce music you can dance from today to tomorrow. Kirk Franklin has a club, you know, they play Christian music and people boogie. He does. You can do so. Don't promote the, 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 the kingdom of darkness. You know, because... For me, I do not. I don't listen to it because it does not edify me. It defiles me. I don't know when you listen to it what it does to your ears and your spirit. You know, so you want to go and pray, you spend the first 15 minutes, you know, repenting. <laughs> it should be a time of worship, isn't it? 
So I, I believe that the Lord will help us. We will make adjustments in the way we want to celebrate the birth of our dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that his name will be glorified. Praise the Lord. So let us rise to pray together. Let us rise. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Thank you.